0: It's Miners Monday on Locked On Braves. We're going to be breaking down Justin Henry Malloy and Cal Conley, talking about whether or not they could be the next ones to step up for the Atlanta Braves. We'll also answer some of your Twitter questions, talking about some of the Braves' prospects, including who could be an impact player over the next several years. We'll talk about a lot of prospects on this episode, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. hey and welcome back to locked on braves part of locked on sports atlanta where we cover your favorite atlanta sports teams each and every day i am your host jake mastriani you can follow me on twitter at shortstop ball check out my bio there to see where i am covering the game of baseball also make sure you follow the podcast on twitter at locked on underscore braves send in any questions comments or feedback you have for the podcast always appreciate the feedback and comments if you're new, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you're watching this video, do me a favor hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell, as it helps support the show a ton when you do that. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We continue to post episodes daily throughout the off season, five days a week, and have plenty of coverage leading up to and after, during, and after the winter meetings. This is a minor league Monday episode. Going to start doing that regularly as I did during the regular season where I covered the top performers at the minor league level. Now in the offseason, we're going to start breaking down some of the Braves' top prospects, kind of giving you my scouting report on them and what I project them to be at the next level and when we could potentially see them. Today, we're going to focus on Justin Henry Malloy and Cal Conley, two prospects that kind of made a good bit of noise in 2022 and performed well in the Arizona Fall League. And then we'll get to some of your Twitter questions as well in the final segment. Also talk about Ron Acuna Jr., who became a champion on a Monday night. We'll talk about him, how he's doing in the Venezuelan League, and a couple of news items from around the league. Well, let's start with this Miners Monday. Let's talk about Justin Henry Malloy. I'm going to go through his backstory a little bit, kind of give you my scouting report and my projections for him. He spent two years at Vanderbilt, one of the best college baseball programs in all of college baseball, if not the best. So just the fact he was recruited by Vanderbilt and went there says a lot about his talent level. Now, he played in just 26 games there, was actually part of a college World Series championship at Vanderbilt in 2019, and he transferred to Georgia Tech, not a bad baseball program in its own right. And he slashed 308, 436, 558 with 11 home runs, 53 runs scored, 43 runs batted in, 46 walks and 40 strikeouts, and 56 games in his junior year. So, pretty great numbers there for Justin Henry Malloy playing in the ACC. And I cover college baseball. So, you know, very familiar with the scene in the SEC and the ACC down here in the Southeast. And ACC is right there with the SEC as. One of the best conferences in all of college baseball. So very good competition there. Um, Don't read too much into the fact that he had more walks and strikeouts. You see that a lot at the college level. Now we're obviously going to get into his minor league numbers where that's pretty much remained. But a lot of times you see really good hitters at the college level walk more than they strike out. And that doesn't always translate to the big league level. Now, after that year at Georgia Tech, the Braves took him in the sixth round of the 2021 MLB Draft. They actually drafted him as a first baseman. He played uh, first base and third base for Georgia Tech, was primarily a third baseman in college. They signed him for just under 300000 which was well over the slot value for where they took him, almost 50000 over, uh, more so about 40000 over where uh, the slot value was for that pick. And it was also more than his Georgia Tech teammate, Luke Waddell, who got drafted in the round before that by the Atlanta Braves. So pretty interesting there. In that draft year, he played 37 games for Augusta, slash uh, 271, 388, 434 with five home runs. So a very good showing in his first professional season. Obviously a shortened one after the draft. Comes back in 2022, starts out in Rome, slashes 304, 409, 479 with 10 home runs in 71 games. So crushes it at high A. In the middle of July, he gets called up to Mississippi where he slashes 268, 403, 421 with six home runs in 54 games. I always say this. I've covered Double A South before for Prospects 1500. I obviously live in Birmingham where the Barons are part of that same league as Mississippi. It is a very tough league to hit in. So don't look too much into the fact that the average and slug was down. A lot of hitters struggle. A lot of the ballparks in the double a South, the Southern league are pitcher friendly. So don't look too much into that, but a four Oh three on base percentage, really, really impressive. Still six home runs in 54 games after the double a season ended, they moved him up to triple a where he played eight games and slash 280-424. 440 with a home run. Very small sample size, but you can see the consistency all year long for Justin Henry Malloy. Overall, he slashed 289, 408. He had an on-base percentage over 400 this year. 454 slug, 17 home runs, 28 doubles, 91 runs scored, 82 runs batted in, 97 walks, and 138 strikeouts. So I told you, You know, In college, more walks than strikeouts doesn't always translate. Still got the walks and a high amount of walks, but a high amount of strikeouts as well in 133 games, averaged about a strikeout a game. Then he played in the Arizona Fall League and impressed there as well. He made the uh, all-star, the fall-star team, slash 306, 438, 444 with a home run, 16 walks, and 20 strikeouts in 20 games. So everywhere he played this year, he had an on-base percentage over 400. That really says a lot and speaks a lot to Justin Henry Loy and his ability to get on base. Now he's a right-handed hitter, six foot three, 212 pounds, really good build. I mean, he looks like a ball player. He looks like somebody you know who can hit. He got good size on him. Played some third base at Augusta last year. Played some first, second, and third in college. Played at third base in Rome to start 2022. Then they moved him to left field, and I think that's ultimately where he's going to be if he plays in the field. I'll talk about that in a second. Turns 23 in February, being a college player, obviously a little bit older, but also allows him to kind of advance uh, more quickly as we saw him do in 2022. So again, finished the year at AAA, so knocking on the door, obviously you'll have a chance in spring training to make an impression. Now, my quick, you know, scouting report of him just watching some video, a lot of movement before the pitch. You can see, you know, he takes his hands and he's he's moving them up and down, he's doing a, a foot tap. You know, all that's all that's well and good, you know, if you have mastered that. But I, I get a little bit weary of of batters who have that much movement pre-pitch. That can lead to some really bad timing issues. Uh, especially once you get to the major league level and speeds are being, you know, mixed up on you at high velocity and high spin rates. I'm always a little weary of, of hitters who have a lot of movement. Obviously, you know, Gary Sheffield had tons of movement at the plate and had what could have been a, a hall of fame career. If there weren't some questions maybe surrounding him, but you know, so people can do it. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying he won't be a good hitter because of that. He just always, Worries me a little bit when you got that much movement, especially how much he's moving his hands pre-pitch. That worries me a little bit, but it also helps him create some good bat speed. And he has really good bat speed, really good hands. He keeps his head very straight and has very as much pre-move pre-pitch movement as he has in his hands and his feet. He keeps his head very still and I think that allows him to track that ball longer and that's why he has such a good eye at the plate. You watch his head and his swing, I mean it's it is locked in and it is not moving. So again, I'm not saying he won't hit because of all the the pre-pitch movement. It's just something that I look for in hitters that I don't typically like because it's it takes a lot of timing in order to get that swing right and if you know you get that timing off a little bit it can lead to slumps. Um, he's, an ex- he's an extreme pull hitter, or at least he was at double A AA and triple A this year. Over 50% of the time, he pulled the ball in double A AA and triple A. And I saw that in some of the games that I watched, that even pitches on the outside part of the plate, he was wrapping his hands around them and pulling them to the left side. Don't know if that's a big deal because he does have some pretty good power and still had the ability to drive some of those balls, but something he may need to adjust and change as he gets older and could help him become an even better hitter. Um, so that's kind of my just quick scouting report on watching some of the video watching him. I, I think you look at the numbers, you know, regardless of what, what I'm saying about him, you look at the numbers and kind of what he projects as projects as a 275, 350, 430 type of hitter. I mean, a really good hitter, somebody that can have average isolated power, you know, somewhere in the one sixties, a 20 to 25 home run hitter, 35 doubles, a 15% walk rate and a 25% strikeout rate. Now, yes, he gets on base. He takes his walks. He does strike out. Don't get confused. He will strike out, you know, 140, 150 times over a a full season in the big leagues, but he does take it, takes his walks. He will get on base. Um, An elite, You Look at the pros and cons of Justin Henry Malloy, elite on-base guy. I think that's pretty evident at this point so far in his career and even moving up levels, playing in the fall league, he gets on-base. We've seen that. Above-average power, it's not elite-level power, but again, I think somebody who could easily hit 20 to 25 home runs a year. Some of the cons on him... For me, he's not ready defensively, and I saw this when I watched him live. He just doesn't look comfortable in left field, and it's a new position for him. I mean, he primarily played in the infield at college and then even started 2022 in the infield, and they just moved him to left field. So makes sense that maybe he seems a little uncomfortable out there, but just from what I saw from him in person and what I've seen from him watching video, I don't think he's ready Defensively and left field, but it's not like it's a lot worse than what we have right there right now in Rosario and Ozuna and doesn't bring a ton of speed. Um, so again, you, you get into a situation you got a guy who's a really good hitter, really good on base guy, but not great defensively, doesn't bring a lot of speed. So if that one thing he does well, you know, doesn't come to fruition and doesn't work out. Uh, you're potentially looking at a a pretty big bust here with Justin Henry Malloy. And I'm not trying to be down on the guy. I think he's going to be a good hitter. I think he's going to get on base. There's just something about him when I watched him in person and even going back and watching video that just worries me about him overall. So again, I'm not trying to say he won't be a good player. I'm just, I'm not quite as sold on him yet. Maybe as others are, I think he's currently the best position player prospect for the Braves, but it's also not saying a lot with where the system is right now. So again, I think he's a solid player. I think we could see him, you know, I think he has a potential to come up in 2023. I don't, I don't think he will, or maybe even should unless he just goes to AAA and continues to do what he did last year. And you continue to have problems in left field Then maybe you give him a shot. But I think 2024 is where we could really see him come up and have an impact And again, I think a lot's going to happen in 2023 to see, can he handle the left field position? Is he ultimately a DH? A lot of questions still there on Justin Henry Malloy. All right, when we come next, when we come back, I'm going to go over Cal Conley and what kind of impact he could have at the next level and just how quickly he could be up there. So he had a good 2022 as well. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they have it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, second player we're going to get into on this Miners Monday is Cal Conley, another guy, another position player, big 2022. Uh, In college, he transferred from Miami. started out his career in Miami, another great college school, and then spent two years at Texas Tech. In his second year at Texas Tech, he slashed 329, 393, 587. He had 15 home runs, 46 runs, 55 runs batted in, seven stolen bases, 21 walks, 38 strikeouts, and 56 games. Primarily at Texas Tech, he played third, uh, he played shortstop, but did play some third base as well. One thing I'll tell you again, as somebody who follows the college game, Big 12 is more of an offensive league, kind of the same thing you see in football. Uh, The Big 12 is more offense oriented. So don't look too much into that 15 home run total. I mean, I do think he's going to have some power, but the Big 12 is typically more offense oriented. And not so much, not heavy so much on the pitching side outside of Texas, Oklahoma, a couple of schools there. Um, he was ranked as 170th best prospect by MLB Pipeline in 2021. And the Braves took him as the 126th overall pick in the fourth round, signed him under slot at just over $422,000. He played 35 games with Augusta in 2021, switching between second base and shortstop. He slashed just 214, 304, 307 with two homers, still scored 21 runs, and that's something you're going to see with Cal Conley. The guy gets on base, and he scores runs, and there's something to be said about that. Just nine runs batted in in his first professional season, eight stolen bases, 14 walks, and 33 strikeouts. But this year, much better season, I think more typical Cal Conley-like effort. Started the year at Augusta, slash 246, 307, 414, With 10 homers, 62 runs scored. Again, you're seeing a lot of runs scored, 40 runs batted in, 23 stolen bases, 25 walks, and 59 strikeouts in 44 games. Uh, Then in July, he was called up to Rome. He did a little bit better, slash 260, 337, 429, six homers, 32 runs scored, 25 runs batted in, 13 more stolen bases in 44 games. In total, in 2022, he slashed 251, just a 318 on-base percentage, 420 slugs, 16 homers, 20 doubles, 94 runs scored, 65 runs batted in, 36 stolen bases, 44 walks and 109 strikeouts in 119 games. Then he went to the Arizona Fall League. He was in the running along with Justin Henry Malloy to be on the Fall Star team. Overall, he slashed 267, 376. You saw that on-base go up. 465 slugging. He had two homers, five doubles, and two triples in 23 games. So you saw the extra base potential there. A switch hitter, just 5'10", 185 pounds. He turned 23 in July. So just like Justin Henry Malloy, you know, college player, up there a little bit, but able to advance as a more mature hitter. My just quick kind of scouting report on him, watched a couple of games. I really like his swing from the left side, which is great because primarily you're going to see right-handed pitching. That's what you're going to face most of the time. And he had a 741 OPS from the batting left compared to 725 batting right. And everything I've read on the scouting report say that swing is more contact oriented from the left side. And I really loved what I saw from him swinging from the left side. The speed is legit. One of the games I walked, uh, I watched, he he hit one into to right center field. The right fielder, cut it off pretty quickly in the gap, and Conley was able to pretty easily get to second base for a double. Uh, I think he's ultimately a utility player, and this is pretty much what I thought when he was coming out of Texas Tech and when the Braves drafted him. I never really viewed him as an everyday player. I see him being a pretty solid utility player, and obviously being a switch hitter is nice as well. I think maybe there's a potential for him to have some years as an everyday player at second base I do not think he has the arm to play shortstop. He's going to make all the plays, ball sits to him, hit to him, he's going to make the plays. In my opinion watching him, he does not have the arm to stick at shortstop. So that limits him a little bit. Could he do it? Yeah, I, I don't see that being his primary position. I see him ultimately moving to second base. Kind of looking at a projection for him at the big league level, you know, that is what I would consider his his highest projection. 255, 320, 430 slash line. I think he has 20 home run potential, maybe even a little bit more, you know, 30 plus doubles, not you know, pretty similar to Justin Henry Malloy in the extra base department. Again, average ISO, maybe even a little bit more, closer to 170, which would be above average. 7% walk rate, big difference than what we talked about with Justin Henry Malloy, 25% K rate. So that's where you see the difference right now in Conley's game. Compared to Malloy's, is Conley does not walk a lot, and he still strikes out a ton. The pros for Cal Conley: nice speed and power combo. Again, he gets on base, he scores runs, and because of that speed, I think he's going to get you know more doubles, and he has the ability to to pull the ball. Has a little bit more power from the right side, as most switch hitters typically do, if that's you know their more powerful side, Um, but I do I do see him having a very nice speed power combo, and that speed is elite. He's gotten caught you know several times at the minor league level, but somebody that could steal thirty to forty bases. Um, so I, I like the elite speed that he carries. The cons for him, I'm not sure he'll hit enough to play to be an everyday player. You know, I've projected him at his peak at maybe 255, maybe 260, but could very easily see him being a 230, 240 hitter, and I don't know. If that's enough, despite you know the other good things that he does, and plus, I think he has to move off shortstop and go to second base. I don't think he has the arm for shortstop. That's the other con for me. So, again, not having that consistent hitting ability and having to come off a primary position of shortstop and go to second base are some pretty big cons for Cal Conley. Now, that being said, I still think he's going to be a solid utility type player um you know a good hard worker you know think of somebody like an omar infante off the bench somebody who can come in and and play every day in, in the case of an injury but more so a utility type guy who can come in you know give a guy a day off a switch hitter off the bench who has some power who has some elite speed as a pinch runner as well so i think there is certainly value with cal conley i don't see him becoming a huge everyday impact player at the big league level and I never have even when the Braves drafted him, but I do see him being, you know, a solid option off the bench and a very good utility player. All right. Got a little bit of news to get to, including some on Ronald Acuna jr. And then a couple of prospect questions that we'll answer as well. And we will do that next. This episode is also brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's super customizable, not a situation where you have to purchase things you don't need in order to get things you want. The system integrates well into your home and it's easy to self install. So, no need to schedule an appointment. Have somebody come into your home and then install a bunch of bulky units where you don't need a messed up your customs design. It's very useful for peace of mind. I have young kids at home I enjoy having that peace of mind with security in place and it can move with you even if you decide to change homes just remove the elements and take them with you to the new place customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com lockdown MLB save 20% on your simply safe security system when you sign up for interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free again visit simplysafe.com slash lockdownMLB to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. On Monday, you may have caught this. If you are uh, watching my Twitter feed, I retweeted a couple of videos of Ronald Acuna Jr. in the Venezuelan Winter League Home Run Derby, which he won. Um, again, I keep saying it. I'm just so happy to see him be able to go to his home country and just play in front of those fans. and The emotion afterward and everybody just mobbing him is just great. The guy, as I tweeted this out, he went through a grind in 2022 coming back from that ACL injury. It just at times did not look like he was having fun, having to play through that injury and not being able to do some of the things he's used to doing. So I'm so happy for him that he's able to go to his home country and he just looks like he's having so much fun there, and it's great, and glad that he won. William Contreras participated in this as well, and advanced to the second round. Uh, he and his brother actually both did. And there were some big names in this uh, home run derby. You had Wilson and William Contreras, Eduardo Escobar, Eugenio Suarez, Jose Altuve, Glaber Torres. So this was, you know, not just some, you know, Acuna going up against the nobodies over in Venezuela. There's some big names in this. Uh, William beats Juarez in the first round, like I said, to advance to the second round. And then Acuna, he's played in five winter league games now. He's eight for 18. Just one extra base hit, the home run he, he hit, his pinch hit, his first at bat. Two walks, five strikeouts. I would imagine they're telling him, you know, don't try to stretch any singles into doubles out there. So maybe that's why the extra base hits are down a little bit. But still, eight hits and 18 at bats, you know, certainly solid to see him having a little bit of success there as well. Some news from around the league. Jose Abreu signed with the Astros. It'd be weird not seeing him in a White Sox uniform, and he goes to the defending champs. I hate, I can't say that the Braves are defending champs anymore. Uh, Mike Clevenger also signed with the White Sox. So White Sox lose somebody. They get somebody in. I thought Clevenger could have been a solid deal for the Braves. A guy looking to kind of bounce back. If you did want to beef up the rotation a little bit, I thought Clevenger would have been a nice sign as somebody, you know, looking to to you know, kind of get a prove-it deal to to regain their stock. Uh, But that's pretty much does it for the news. Got a couple of uh, questions from Twitter and comments I wanted to get to. Joey Milby says, not a question, but my JHM comparison is Ron Gant, professional hitter who is going to hit some home runs, but probably not more than 30, and is going to hit 270-ish with a high on-base percentage because he walks a lot. Needs to be in AAA this year, but 2024 is his year. And I think that's a a solid comp. I don't remember how good or bad Ron Gant was defensively, but certainly offensively, uh, I think that's a pretty pretty good comparison. Uh, Joey also says Cal Conley kind of snuck up on me. Uh, do you think he is someone who could push for the major league job in a couple of seasons? He did everything in the fall for his team. I'm looking forward to him doing that at Double A next year. Is he better than Braden Shoemake? So. He, sn- he he snuck up on me, too, a little bit, even though I was very familiar with his game coming out of college at Texas Tech. Like I said, I viewed him as a utility player coming out of college. I didn't necessarily love the pick because I felt like he would ultimately have to move to, to second base and wouldn't be a shortstop. But I'll say, watching him, I, I kind of get a little excited about what he could potentially be and perhaps become an everyday second baseman. And with that being said, Ozzy Albies is there for A while still um so could he you know could he push for the major league job in a couple of seasons as joey asked i would assume maybe joey's thinking could he push for shortstop look if they don't think von grissom can be an everyday shortstop i don't think cal conley can be either because just the arm that i see from him is not shortstop worthy um but i could see him breaking through in 2024 as a utility type player that's for sure and I do think he's a better hitter than Braden Shoemake, uh, which, again, is crazy because I thought Braden Shoemake in his freshman year at Texas a and was one of the best college hitters I've seen. But, man, has he regressed. But just the switch-hit ability of Cal Conley, the fact that he has power, he has speed, gives him the edge over Shoemake to me offensively. But Shoemake's somebody he can play shortstop, and he can play you know, a lot of the infield positions at a, at a, at a good level. So that kind of gives him a leg up defensively, uh, whereas Cal Conley you know, doesn't have that. But I would still probably put Conley over Shoemaker right now. I've been down on Shoemake for, for several years now. You're going back to his last couple of years at Texas A&M where he just he never progressed after his freshman year, and it's almost been like he's regressed every year since then. Um, Humes Franklin says, name five Braves minor league players you think have the best chance of being impact players in the next three years. And the impact player part of that makes us a little bit difficult because I don't see them rolling out another, you know, Michael Harris or Vaughn Grissom or Spencer Strider anytime soon. Now, I like some of the really young guys that they have, some of the guys they just drafted, you know, J.R. Ritchie, Owen Murphy, Cole Phillips, uh, David McCabe. Uh, I like some of those guys, um, you know, Nacho Alvarez as well. I mean, there are some guys that I really like that they just drafted, but I don't. You know, they're more than three years away. I we talked about Justin Henry Malloy. I think he. I think we do see him in the next year or two. I don't know if he would qualify as an impact player. Um, you know, if he ends up grabbing the left field everyday job, then I certainly think he could be. And I think he's going to hit. And I think he's going to get on base. Um, so I think that's one for sure. AJ Smith Schalver, you know, one of the bigger upside prospects the Braves have if he can stay healthy and get out there and pitch. He could be on the end of that three year run. We could maybe see him make an impact. Uh, Dylan Dodd is someone who gained a lot of steam this past year and he finished the year at AAA. So I think he's somebody we could see maybe not in 2023, but in 2024 get a shot in the rotation. Those were the three that really came to my mind when you think of potential impact players. Now, Kyle Muller could figure it out and become a, a number three starter and a real impact player in the rotation. I also think there's several guys who could be an impact in the bullpen over the next three years. I think Muller, if it doesn't work out, is that a starter could be. Uh, Freddie Tarnick, Victor Vodnik, uh, Roy Salinas, Rodery Munoz. You know, Those are all guys that I think are Knocking on the door to have some type of impact at the big league level, but just not sure exactly where that is yet. So, again, you know, you would ask me this last year. I'd have, I'd have easily spouted off, you know, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, Vaughn Grissom. I'd have said those guys are two or three years away. Little did I know it was going to be less time than that. But I'd say right now, you know, the guys who are closest to, you know, being an actual impact we will we'll obviously see a lot of these guys in some sort of fashion, but Justin Henry Malloy, A.J. smith or Dylan Dodd are guys that I think could be impact players over the next three years. Last question here, Kate Harrington says, any chance we see Darius Vines in September or possibly earlier, or is he a trade piece? If we do see Darius Vines this year, and again, remember the Braves' starting rotation is very deep. It's nine or 10 deep, and I would pr- probably put Vines you know, ninth, eighth, ninth, 10th on that list. So I think if we do see him in 2023, I think it's likely in a bullpen role, maybe towards the end of the year, maybe he gets a spot start late in the year. If there's some, you know, significant injury issues with the Braves rotation, I think he's more likely a trade chip at this point. I see, I think if you saw, saw the Braves make, you know, some sort of, you know, minor deal for a guy on a, you know, one or two years of control, I think maybe you see Vines in that move. You know, you get towards a deadline. I think he's somebody that becomes a bit of a trade chip for the Braves. Honestly, if I, if I had to predict right now, I'd say he's traded before he makes a, a start or makes an appearance with the Braves. That's kind of where I am with Darius Vines at the moment. Well, that does it for Miners Monday. Thank you all, all for sending in your questions on the show, and thank you for uh, sticking around. Sorry I couldn't do this episode live. I had some issues with the stream. Uh, but hopefully be able to get back and do that again soon. As always, thanks for listening to Locked On Braves. Make sure you make your second listen at Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective, talking about every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.